0: Straight Talk with Andrea Joyce. Thank you for tuning into Straight Talk with Andrea this Wednesday evening. We're in the beginning of May. Can you believe the year is going by so quickly? Anyway, I'm here today to talk to you a little bit about life. Today, we're going to be looking at purpose, and I wanted to share with you some things that I've been thinking about. First, I want to thank everybody for supporting me. You know, I have a new book out, and it's called 31 Ways to Self-Care. It's available on Amazon and on my website, www.authorandreajoyce.com. Cop you a copy today. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. We were talking about self-care and I wanted to address some things about self-care with you during our straight talk conversations weekly. Today, I want to talk about purpose a little bit because I want you to walk into your purpose this season. You know, we put things off and say, we're going to do something. We're going to handle it. And we put it off. We don't do it. We don't think about it. And we keep staying in the rut that we're in, wondering why nothing new is happening, wondering why we're not happy, we may have some health issues, we may be gaining some weight, we may have like a lackluster zeal to life, and we wonder why, and it's because we're stuck in this rut. What do I mean by a rut? Okay, you wake up in the morning, you get up, brush your teeth, shower, or shower, brush your teeth, you get dressed, you eat, Drink your coffee, Coke, or tea, water, or milk. You get in the car, drive to work. You may stop to get a snack or lunch if you haven't already packed one or if you're not going to, you know, buy lunch that day. You get to the job, and you spend 8 to 16 hours at your job. You leave there. You may stop at a grocery store to get something to cook if you haven't already prepared something or have something taken out to prepare when you get home. You go home, you cook it, you eat it. If you're in a relationship, you're spending time with your spouse or significant other. If you have kids, you're spending time with them. And then you shower, go to bed, and go to sleep. Next day, you repeat the cycle. Next day, repeat the cycle. Next day, repeat the cycle. And you're in this rut. You're in this slump. And you feel like you're stuck and stagnant. Every day you're helping someone else build their dream. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing, there is nothing wrong with helping someone build their dream. But what about your dream? What about your purpose? What about your calling? What about your assignment? There are things that you've been called to that are yours to do. It's good to help people, but you can't forget about yourself. And so I really wanted to just spotlight purpose. Do you know what your purpose is? That's where we start. It has to be knowledge of what it is you're here for or even what you dream about or your goals or your ambition. What do you like? These are conversations you need to have with yourself and they're honest and they're real. What's your passion? What are you passionate about? What could you do that you don't get paid for and still do it? What would be that thing that if you never received a paycheck for it, If your bills were okay, um, because we don't want you to be in dire straits either, if everything was okay, but you didn't get paid for it, what would be that thing or those things that you would want to do with your life? What are those dreams you had when you were a kid? What about when you were a teenager? What about when you were a young adult? What are those things that you wanted to do? I want you to go back and think about them. This is what I want you to do for our journey on Straight Talk. If you have a journal, It could be just a notebook, lined paper, unlined paper, dotted paper, whatever you like to use to write on. I want you to take some notes from our conversation because these notes are going to turn into assignments for you so that you can live better than what you are in right now. There are some people who are living their best life. There are some people who are living a better life. But there are those who want something different, who they're stressed They may have high blood pressure. They may have ulcers. They may have sleepless nights. They may have tension headaches. They may be picking up weight or losing weight because they're stressed behind the life that they're living. And I'm here to help, try to help you get past that. One of the things we discuss in the book is planning your purpose. You have to plan purpose, plan on purpose, plan your purpose. And I keep saying it because I want you to start planning. And where you start is by taking a look at what it is that you want to do with your life. Do you want to play baseball? Do you want to write a book? Do you want to sing a song? What is it that you want to do for your life? for the rest of your life or for the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 20 years? What is the thing that you want to focus on? Do you want to go back to school and get educated in that area? Do you want to take seminars and go to conferences? What is it that you want to do? Is it something attainable? Is it something that you have to work towards or work up to? These are things that you need to discuss with yourself. And I hope you're writing this down because it's so very important that you know where you want to go to, what you want to do and how to get there. Who do you need around you to get there? Who is speaking into you? Who's encouraging you? Do you need money for this? Do you have the money? Okay, what parts can you do without money? Do you have anybody that can sow into you that can sponsor you? Is it something that you can find a coupon for? These are things you need to look into so that you can walk into your future, into your purpose. What is it that makes you cry, that makes you laugh, that makes you feel elated, that lets you down, that hurts you, that that, that thing? That's your passion. Now, I will say this. Your passion can be your purpose or your passion can lead you to your purpose, Hear me again. Your passion could be your purpose, or it can lead to your purpose. There are some things that we have a passion for, they're not necessarily our calling, but the way we feel about this thing helps us elevate to where we want to go. For me, single mothers that are struggling, single mothers who are trying to make it, single mothers who don't have an outlet, single mothers who have no help, single mothers who have no assistance, single mothers who feel up against the wall. Those are my passion. Also, children are my passion. My purpose, one of them, is writing. So how do I take my passion and bring it towards my purpose? We'll be discussing that later in another episode, But I do want to share this with you that my passion allows me to do things with the mindset of how can this bless a single mother in the future? How can what I'm doing lay a foundation for what I want to do to be a help to single mothers? Okay, so you don't have to have all the answers right now. But what I do want you to do is have an idea. I want you to start. You can't make any changes. You cannot walk into a new level without thinking of some thoughts, thinking of some things that can help you get there. So I hope that this week you will take time to figure out what it is that you're passionate about, what it is that you feel you're led to, you're called to, what are some of your assignments, and then what is your purpose? If you don't know, a good way to find out your purpose is to pray about it. I prayed about mine because for so long, I didn't know what mine was. I started out wanting to be a lawyer, a criminal attorney from the age of five until about the age of 17. And a couple of things changed my mind. One was a case that happened in Patterson, New Jersey, where I'm from, where a judge, a prosecutor, the attorney that defended the defendant, a court stenographer. And there were a couple of other people. I want to say it was the bailiff. I don't remember if it was the bailiff though, were murdered because the defendant was found guilty and he, they were, well, he repaid them by murdering them. Don't ask exactly how it happened. But my thing was, how can I do something and get killed for it? when I'm trying to help, that bothered me at 17. So I didn't want to do it. The other thing that changed my mind was going to South Carolina State. It used to be college, it's now university, where I majored in political science. Political science was nothing back then that I was interested in. However, the thing that made it worse was that I had a class, a political science class at 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As a freshman, in a college away from home for the first time ever in life, that was not a wise decision. And so for those two reasons, I decided I did not want to go into criminal law and I didn't want to go into law, period. And I found myself lost for years. I had been called to minister at the age of 15. However, I told God, don't call me, call somebody else because I want to live life. I want to party. I want to have fun. I want to do all the things that grownups were doing. So I didn't even pick that assignment up until my 30s. And so I went from knowing my goal to being lost for years I knew I didn't want to do retail. I knew I didn't want to do fast food anymore. I knew I wanted something with some stability, something where I could sit down and be at a desk. And I wanted to be able to take care of myself and my daughter. So I went to school, a business school, and got a certificate in office administrative technology. Now that was supposed to be a let me get my feet wet. Let me figure it out figure out what I want to do with my life. Let me see what my goals are for the future. However, I stayed there for 27, almost 30 years, honestly. It was about 28 years before it burned me. And what I mean by it burned me, you know how we'll do something and we get burnt out by it? Well, that happened at about year 10. (laughs) However, I stayed in it because it's all I knew. It's all I had. That's the only thing I knew to fall back on. But eventually, I got burned by it because everything I worked for fell apart. Everything, all the hours that I spent, the the, uh, 16-hour days, the not seeing kids, the bringing kids to work, because it all backfired on me. And I found myself with health issues because of it. And so at that point, I had to ask myself a question. Are you going to continue to do something you hate doing? Let me be honest with you. I hated it. A lot of people are like, oh, you're good at it. You're great at it. Yes, I am. I still am, but I still despise it. I don't like anything administrative, not from from that capacity. And so I had to sit down and ask myself, was I ready to walk into my purpose? Now, without having a stable job, without having steady income and then COVID hitting, it was a lot happening all at one time. But I decided to do something I have never done before. Something that had been planted into me, a seed that had been placed in 2017. In 2017, I took a class from my cousin, Victoria Christopher Murray. She is a best-selling Christian fiction author. She's got many awards and accolades. And if you saw Lust and Envy, I'm sorry, yes, Lust and Envy on Lifetime, You saw her work. She is the author who wrote the books that the movies were based on. She taught a writing class. And I actually took the editing part of her class. I took it because there was a curiosity in me about authors and how they work. I have been an avid reader since the age of four or five. Whenever it was I first started reading. I used to read Nancy Drew, Encyclopedia Brown. I elevated up to Charlotte's Web, Little Women, Little Men, and I just kept reading and reading and reading and reading. Reading is like my lifeline. Even to this day, if I don't read a book for about two weeks, I go into this trance like, give me books, give me books. Just the same way that some people may want something to eat, they have that taste in their mouth. I have a taste in my mind to read. And so. I understood it from the reader standpoint. I wanted to see the workings of an author, so I decided to take the class. Now somewhere way back in my mind, I thought, hmm, I would like to write a book one day. I would like to leave a legacy for my kids and grandkids and great-grands and all generations to come. I would love them to be able to go and see my name on a book, but I thought no more about it. So I took the class and I hope And pray, one day she will teach classes again. She is an awesome, awesome, awesome teacher. She is an awesome author. She's an awesome teacher. And that's a blessing because she gave us so much information, so many tools, so many tricks. And it was wonderful. That was 2017. I took all the information I got from that class and I filed it away because at that time, I wanted to get back into production. I owned a production company, Faith and Me Productions, and we handled stage plays, TV series and uh, movies and shorts. Also, PSAs. (laughs) And so I wanted to get back into that. And I didn't have room to write plays and write scripts and write a book. So because my first love is writing, directing, and producing for stage, film, and TV, that's where my focus went. And I didn't think any more about it. When COVID hit, I decided at that point it was time for me to do something because I didn't want to keep watching TV. TV was driving me crazy. Anybody who knows me knows I love television. I love to watch movies. I love it. It's like I feed off of it because it's what I love. It's a passion of mine and writing for it. So watching shows and breaking them down or seeing the tricks that the cinematographer or videographer used or seeing the director's um, ability or lack thereof, it's all amazing and awesome to me. Well, when COVID hit after about a week, I was tired. (laughs) I didn't want to see another TV screen. I was tired of binge-watching. I think I had binge-watched 10, 12, 15 programs, and I was tired. So I decided I needed another outlet. I was reading, and then one day I was just like, you know, maybe I should start writing again. That, that, That seed that had been planted in 2017, had now been watered, and was now beginning to sprout inside me. So I began writing. I didn't have any direction. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. I didn't know where I was going. I started about five different books. None of them really held my interest because it wasn't time for them yet. I needed to write something different. I needed to do something different, something foreign to me. And so I began writing a book, which will come out next year. I don't wanna tell you anything about it because that's gonna take away from what I'm doing now. And it's a total departure of what I thought I would be writing, even though it is a part of me, it definitely is. And so I began writing and once I finished this year, I didn't know what to do next. So I consulted my cousin and she was like editing. I don't want to talk to you until you edit. Okay. She was not that, not, she wasn't mean about it at all. She was really, really, she gave me a lot of information. She was like, just edit, edit. You focus on editing, everything else will happen. So while I was editing, I felt I had a lot of questions. I knew she had a lot going on and I didn't want to keep tapping into her. And so there were two friends who had written books And I decided to go the route that they did and take a writing class because with my cousin, I had taken an editing class. So now I wanted the basics of how to write because, can I be honest with you, I wasn't sure where commas went anymore. It had been so long since I had written anything, compositions and all of that. I couldn't remember about commas, punctuation, grammar, because, you know, over the years, you know, my language has, you know, I've added a lot of uh, hmm, colloquialisms and colorful words into my <laughs> vernacular. So I wanted to not sound like I was talking, but rather write for the reader's pleasure. So I decided to look for a writing class and I did. And I was looking at the different classes. Thankfully, they were online, but I didn't see one that really stuck out to me. And then one day out of the blue... I just happened on a post on Facebook from my girl, Ty Johnson, Lady Ty the Great. She had been advertising um, information for writers. And so I never knew that she had a class. I knew she was giving tidbits. So I reached out to her, a friend of mine and I did actually, because that's how I actually came to it. I didn't think that I would be the one taking the class. I thought my friend would take the class. So I was trying to link the two of them up because I know Ty from way back and I knew she was good hearted and anything she did, she was gonna give 100%. So I knew she wouldn't steer her wrong. And besides that, she had helped two of my friends publish books. They were published um, writers because of her. And so I introduced the two of them, connected them and I thought my job there was done. But then Ty started asking me questions about writing and I had to be honest. I wasn't going to lie to her. And I said, well, I'm kind of stuck right now because I don't know what to do after writing the book. Editing is getting on my nerves. Now, I love you all. And, you know, I would never lie to you. I would never pretend to be something I'm not or pretend to be in a place that I'm not. Editing is my biggest nightmare in books and film oh my gosh editing takes the most time you have to be so conscientious you have to pay so much attention you oh my gosh editing to me is worse than writing it's harder than writing it takes more time than writing and so I kind of was stuck and honestly if I'm going to be honest I was stuck because I didn't want to edit but I knew I had to I didn't know what I was going to do with the book after except for give it to my cousin but I wasn't sure if the product I had written was even good enough to give to my cousin. Can I be honest with you? And so I decided that I would take the class or take any advice that Ty could give me because I didn't want to present to my cousin a whack book. I didn't want to waste her time that way. And so I took her class. No, I uh, showed interest in it. And then she said, come on to the class or whatever, you know, pay the fee. And it's a really worthwhile fee. When I tell you all the information I got over seven weeks, it actually is six weeks, but we got a bonus week. It was everything. I learned so much about self-publishing. That's the other thing. I wanted to learn how to self-publish just in case my book didn't get picked up by anyone. Just in case someone said, you're not good enough. You can't do this. I didn't want my book to grab uh, gather cobwebs on the shelf so I wanted to do something that I would be able to do myself enter in her class writing and self-publishing how to self-publish perfect I took the class and whoo while in class I already had a book I went in with a chip on my shoulder because I was like I don't need to learn how to read write anymore. (laughs) I've written the book. I'm editing. I need help. How do I edit effectively? What do I need to do? I'm going crazy. Now, remember, I had already taken the editing class with my cousin. So I already knew the editing information. It just was stressing me. So I talked to Ty about it. And in the midst of having a conversation with her about this book that was driving me crazy, another book was entered into my spirit. And Ty said, go for it. And I was so excited to be encouraged to write this other book, which is inspirational, which gives tips on how to self care. And it wasn't something that I pulled out of the air. It's actually what I did to self care during the virus, during the lockdown, during the pandemic, during the shutdown, and how I was able to not lose my mind. There are some people in my life and that I knew that were suffering because they were in the house, they couldn't talk to loved ones, they couldn't go anywhere, they were so busy, always busy, running, 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 they didn't know how to settle themselves down. And so I was able to share some information with them to help them to even calm down, but it worked for me. And so I wanted to share that information with other people. During the class, I was writing and I procrastinated because my question was, why should I write this when there are 150 billion books about self-care? What makes mine special? Well, the answer to that was God gave it to me. God put it into my spirit. God poured into me what to write. And so I needed to be obedient and write it. And I'm grateful that he put me in a place with a person that was there that could guide me through. And she did. And I'm so excited. I keep talking about this book and I probably will because I really want you to get it because it's my baby. I wrote 31 Ways to Self Care, and it is self published. It is on Amazon.com, it's on my website. Please pick it up when you have a chance. We're going to be talking weekly about some of the different points that are in this book. It's my baby. It's my heart. It, it's lessons. There are activities. There's advice. There's guides on how to effectively self-care. We talk about it sometimes We talk about it a lot, honestly. Self-care has been like the mantra from 2020 until present day. But we don't always talk about how to self-care. What does self-care look like? What do we need to do to self-care? So I'm telling you this so that you could see my passion and my purpose lined up to help me write a book. Why do you say that, Andrea? Well, my passion is single mothers, right? And children so i wrote a book that single mothers and their children even it's not difficult it's not $25 words they can understand and by them self caring their significant others their the men in their lives they can self care too because this is the thing if you are practicing self care but those you're connected to are not You still won't be at peace because as soon as you are in a peaceful place, you go somewhere and then you have to walk on eggshells because the other person is on fire in a rage, ranting and raving. And so the self-care book is for mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, nephews, nieces, children, grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends. It's for everyone connected. Because we all need to self-care. Self-care is not just a man thing. Self-care is not just a woman thing. Self-care is not just an adult thing. Self-care is for every single person. Your mental, physical, spiritual, relational, financial, mental health relies on you caring for yourself. So that's how my passion ties into my purpose, which is writing, which is one of my purposes, writing, because I wrote it. I didn't just copy and paste something. No, I actually wrote down what I went through. Some There are some very personal stories in this book. There are some testimonies in this book. And so I want you to be able to read it and gain information, but also add to it. When you get the book, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? What do you do? What do you use? So that's why I tell you to also have a journal so you can write it down. Maybe walking one mile is not enough. Maybe you need to walk three miles or maybe exercising three times a week is not enough. You need to exercise five times for your mental health. Even though we do things for our physical health, like eating better, drinking water and those things, our mental health is tied to those things as well. And so we look at it in 31 Ways to Self-Care. For you, decide what your purpose is. What is it that you're here for? What do you do? What do you want to do? How can you go about it? Who is tied to your purpose? Always think about your why. Why are you doing something? Why is important. You have to know the why of what you're doing. My why was I wanted to create generational wealth for my family. My why was I wanted people to overcome depression, anger, violent tendencies, things like that so they could have peace and relief and have uh, healing from different things that they are dealing with. So my whys, I have a lot of whys to write. why I wrote this book. I'm getting tongue-tied. I have a lot of whys based on this book. I have a why because I care, again, about the single mother. And I wanted to provide information she could use. I have a why because I care about children. Because I don't want them to have mental health, emotional health, da-da-da-da-da issues either. There's a whole long list of AL issues that we have. I wanted this to be for the men that are caretakers, the men who feel like they always have to be strong, who always feel like they have to have an answer that may not, who have not been able to cope with some things. You know, loss is deadly. When we lose people, when we lose things, that that's a destruction inside of ourselves that we have to cope with. Think about it. Someone you love is gone now. There is a tendency for us to self-destruct because we can't handle the loss. Well, I don't want you to self-destruct. I want you to be able to take that pain, admit to it so it can be released, so you can release it and become healthy and you can handle it. Coping used to be a thing that we had to do back in the day. You no longer have to cope. I want you to pull things up by the root so they will not affect you in the future. Coping doesn't give you that. We don't need any more coping mechanisms. We did a lot of coping and that's why there are a lot of people who are addicted to various things because instead of dealing with the issue, they coped with the issue. They buried the issue. They put things on top of the issue and hid it. No, we want to shine a light on the issue so that it can be taken out. It can be destroyed never to return. And by you getting healthy, you're allowing generations after you to become healthy because they know instead of hiding, I'm going to face it. I'm going to deal with it head on. So I don't have to do this 20 years from now. It's already handled. Okay. I keep going back to this. Somebody needs to hear this. Your self-care is really important. Your purpose is important. Walking into your purpose is a light that is necessary. There's somebody waiting for you to do whatever it is you were called to do. They're waiting for you. Their life depends on you doing what you were called to do. That's a heavy responsibility, but just think about you not doing it. You continuing to work that nine to five when you're supposed to have a wellness center. You continuing to work that 10 to six when you're supposed to open up um, a restaurant where there's jazz playing and people can come in and relax, relate, and release. It's up to you to walk into your purpose because it's not just for you. Your purpose is for other people. You don't know how many people are called to you or how many people watch you, who need you, who are reaching out to you, who are looking for you to be in position because they're looking for a specific thing that you have. It's placed inside of you. So recognizing your purpose and walking it out is so important. But this week, I want you to focus on learning what your purpose is. I want you to be detailed and specific. I want you to talk about your whys. Why were you called to this? Why is it important for you to do? Why, why, why? Then who? Who are you servicing? Who is your audience? Who are you talking to? Who will benefit from, doing, from you doing what you do? Who? Who? The why and the who are important. Then what? What does it look like? What what area will it be in? What tools do you need? What equipment do you need? What people do you need? So why, who, what? I want you to think about those three. I don't want you to think about the how. And I don't want you to think about the when yet. Your assignment for this week is your why, your who, and your what. And we'll come back next week and talk about the how and the when. Thank you so much for tuning in to Straight Talk with Andrea Joyce. We'll talk about all manners of conversation, everything under the sun we'll discuss. This week and next week, it'll be about purpose. Thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon.